Um, I'd been uh, I'd been on search and rescue about six months as a I was still a first officer at that point, and it was our first winter in North Wales. Anglesey, which is where the base is, um, is like a, an island just off North Wales. And uh, there's a big national park, Snowdonia National Park, that was about 15 to 20 minutes of flight time. And they were big by uh, UK standards, like three and a half thousand feet, that kind of thing. Um, but it's a big area for hikers, climbers, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it was night on a Saturday night. Uh, we used to do 24-hour shifts. So we'd, we'd, I think we'd had a couple of missions that day. Uh, and um, we were into, uh, we, we get a, a night call out uh, to an ice climber that has fallen in an area called the Devil's Kitchen Bowl feature. Uh, with kind of six, seven hundred foot cliffs that the guys were, were climbing. Um, as you can probably probably got a couple of ice axes for Christmas, you know, five years ago, pulled them out of his under his bed, dusted them off, thought, now's the time, let's give her a go. Um, so off we went. So uh, because there were so many snow showers, um, uh, the MVGs were really struggling in the valleys. Um, so we tried a few times. We finally get there. We uh, we put the winchman down. So the winchman's the closest thing we've got to a Sartek. He's just on his own, uh, fully paramedic trained, but doesn't receive the same level of training in outdoorsmanship that you guys do. Um, and we put him down. He was probably about two meters away from the casualty, but because he didn't have crampons, there was no way he could get to the casualty. We couldn't hoist, we couldn't get any further into the cliffs to bring him any closer, so we couldn't do it. So we called to uh, the mountain rescue team, which are like GSAR, like, we're going to have to go back for fuel, guys. You're going to have to get him. So uh, GSAR are there. GSAR have got a doctor and a paramedic on the team, it turns out. This guy's got a broken femur, so he's in a pretty bad way. You know, it's, it's pretty serious. Um, we go back and refuel. We come back to the mountain rescue hut. Um, and we can watch this thing going on. We can see the headlamps, we can see all the torches. And it took like a good couple of hours to lower this, to, to secure this guy and lower him the, the like six feet. Like we weren't thinking smart about how we get him back out of there. We're now going, oh, the weather's good. Let's turn around, we're gonna fly out the bowl. No big deal. So uh, we get to, uh, we get to the casualty, we put down a winchman. Uh, I'm sat in the left-hand seat, the, uh, the captain's in the right, uh, the aircraft commander is in the right, he's, uh, he's flying it. We're in a pretty good um, like snowball at this point. Um, he's off NVG, because that's how we used to hoist for the most part, using white light, I'm on NVG in the left. We get the casualty on board, we start to transition away, and we're transitioning towards the back of the bowl, so, we're transitioning towards 700 foot of cliffs behind us and on all three sides now, the only thing, the only way that's clear is behind us. As we start to transition, what we hadn't realized is the weather had closed in from behind us. And as we transitioned, we went into cloud. So like suddenly we are now uh, inadvertent IMC, which means you've gone into cloud. Um, like about a third of the way up 
a very tight bowl with kind of seven, eight hundred foot high cliffs heading towards sheer rock face. Um, so I think my balls crawled up into my throat because I thought <laughs> I'm about to die um, and carried on the turn hoping that we would pop out. Uh, we didn't. Uh, so we're all in a bit of a minor panic by now. Uh, however, we managed to turn around onto the, the only safe heading we've got and climb to safety altitude, which was about, I think it was about five and a half thousand feet, something like that around there. Um, so as we climbed, <clears throat> we're away from immediate danger, but we're still surrounded by mountains. There's still um, a mountain range ahead of us that we've got to get over that's about three, three and a half thousand feet. And uh, as we climbed, we had this uh, instrument in the um, Seeking called the cruise guide indicator. Uh, it doesn't really matter what it's called. Basically, it would show how, how much vibration was going through the, the main rotors. Uh, normally, this thing on the roughest approach you could do would maybe get to about 5%. Um, the limit was 30%. And I sat and watched this thing start to climb. And it went 10, 20, 30, 40. 50, 60, Jesus. so I'm like, holy crap, I've never seen this. It's either it's going wrong or we're in trouble here. And uh, we got to the safety altitude. We got to about five and a half thousand feet. And our rate of climb, so we've got a VSI, vertical speed indicator, um, had gone from about 2,000 feet per minute up, slowly wound down to zero, and then just continued to wind down sure. uncontrollably oh. until it just pegged itself. At this point, the cruise guide indicator was 100%. Um, the captain stopped pulling on the collective, which I'm pretty sure saved us, because if it had kept going, there was a noise coming from the main rotors that sounded like tortured metal, like metal was twisting and about to give. I don't know if yeah. you've ever heard that noise. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so I can hear that coming from behind my head, and it's like, okay, well, this is how it ends. So we sat there. We're fully iced up now. Uh, we've got no control over the aircraft, and oh. I just watched the, the altimeter tick down, going, eh, well, well, okay. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe 500 feet above the ground, we popped out a cloud. Uh, the rotors shed the ice within a, a second or two. It was like a dog shaking itself um, when it's come out of the water. And uh, we regained control. Uh, we were about five minutes away from the hospital, so we went and landed there. And we said, all right, I think we'll shut her down. And uh, we kind of staggered out of the, the aircraft. Um, and it was cold, which is why I was shaking so much. Definitely the cold. Uh, <laughs> and some of that cold also was also stinging my eyes. You know, it, it happened to us all. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty rough. Wow. Um, so we shut her down for the night. And... Um, uh, we went away. The next day, we had to go and fly the aircraft back. So they said, yeah, the engineers have checked it over. It's all good. So we flew it back, 10 minutes back to base. They pulled it inside the hangar, and basically uh, the following day, they found a four-inch delamination on the blades. Jeez. So the actual blades were breaking up. <laughs> so oh no big deal. Um, one flight only. So, yeah, so that was interesting. That was day two of a, a run of four shifts, so I had two more to do. Um, wow. So, yeah, it was uh, it's an interesting winter. 
So when you were falling from 5,000 yeah. feet to 500 feet, really, yes. so I think it cut out a little bit. So you mm -hmm. guys had let go of the collective, which is the handbrake yeah. on the on the side That's there. Right. So you, you weren't putting thrust into the uh, rotor blades, I guess, in hey. a way? Yeah, exactly, BK, exactly, because I think if we'd have tried to put more thrust through it, it would have just broken apart. Like it, Because it was, of the ice on it and, like, the vibration yeah. that was happening on them. Yeah, okay. So, That's right. So were you yeah. guys – so when you were falling, like, because you couldn't see because you were within clouds, correct? Right, yeah. So, so – yeah, I, I'm asking, wow. like, how, how did it feel, really? Like, you're falling from the sky in this big helicopter seeking is huge. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's unbelievable. It, it, it felt probably how you think it did. It was, uh, <laughs> like, like I say, I, I just went numb. I, I wish I could have said that I heroically wrestled the controls and, like, I knew exactly what to do or, you know, like uh, you, there was a famous line, I think, from a phantom back in the day where uh, the pilot went in with the aircraft and then he uh, transmitted to air traffic, canceled two late dinners or something like that. So, <laughs> no, I didn't have anything. I was just like, huh, huh, huh. Well, this is awkward. So huh. just, just, oh, out of just out of curiosity, were you scrutinized at all for the flight or anything like that? No. I mean... Uh, we debriefed heavily, obviously, yeah. uh, and we wrote a report to um, so that other people could learn the lessons. But ultimately, all of our orders came down to or do what you need to do in case of life saving. And yeah. this guy had a broken femur and was probably conservatively four to five hours away from hospital. Yeah. So, you know, in the moment, we did what we felt we needed to do. And uh, and we. Um, we, we, we did it. I, interesting postscript to that one, actually. I've just remembered. About, um, oh, I don't know, four or five months later, uh, we went on another rescue, similar area of Wales. And three out of the four crew that were on that night was on it. Oh, man. And uh, it was for a guy that had broken his leg. And the cloud was really bad. So the mountain rescue team had to go and, and hoist him down. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen, they've got those stretches with like the uh, unicycle on them um that they use like uh, it's almost like a big four by four tire on this thing to try and get them across rough country uh, never seen it's that. like a kayak uh um stretcher yeah like a yeah, kayak that's, that's uh, roller i guess okay yeah yeah wow. and that that's what they would use along with all the the rope system so it took hours to get him down and uh, as we got him on board the winchman goes you'll never believe it and it was the same guy come on um, seriously and uh, he'd gone out fundraising for the mountain rescue team on his newly <laughs> on his newly fixed leg and broke it again <laughs> oh my goodness no what? way jeez so they said never you keep the money just uh, stop breaking yourself you know like it was a favor <laughs> oh my god wow. yeah. that's ir that's ironic yeah right wow and uh, yeah three three out of four of the crew was uh, was on it again so Pretty wild. I asked if you were scrutinized because have you seen the movie Sully? Have you seen the movie Sully, Dave? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. This guy like is, he lands the plane in the buff in the um uh in the river. Okay. In, in the states. Yeah. Right. And uh, they scrutinize him. Scrutinize him. This guy saved like 160 people or something like that For by sure. landing it on a freaking river. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they do it because he hits birds and he's like birds and then he makes a bunch of decisions in his head and then makes the decision and okay. saves everyone. For sure. 
So they do this council where they do these simulators where they go birds and they like immediately turn and make it and they land back at the airport. Right. And it's this whole big thing. This guy's going to lose his license. And he goes, yeah, but you're not accounting for like all the decisions I had to make in my head. No. So give me a delay and then try it. And they gave him like nothing. They gave him like 30 second delay or something like that. And they could land nowhere near the airport. They tried all the airports and like, they just hit buildings, buildings, buildings. Yeah. The only way to land it. Oh, anyway, but they scrutinize, you know? No, but when you're not, I mean, that's the thing is you, you can't, you're not in those shoes. Man. I know. Like, there's man. so many other factors. It's so easy to be that armchair quarterback. Yeah. It's so easy. And like, it sucks that those people even have a say, you know, but uh, yeah. Hey, that's, I, I love that story. That's yeah. a crazy story. That's amazing. And uh